Surrender Church family, can you handle the truth? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, Paul's been giving us the truth for two chapters now, and the truth is that we are united with Christ, one with him, united with him. What happened to him happened to us. What happened to him has happened to us by faith. So we've died with him, and we are alive with him, and we studied that last week. Our identity has changed. We were sinful and guilty people, but now we are forgiven and adopted children of God. Gandalf. Gandalf? Yes. That was what they used to call me. Gandalf the Grey. That was my name. Gandalf. I am Gandalf the White. We used to identify with sin and self, selfishness, but now our identity flows from his love and his goodness. When we placed our faith in Jesus, he changed who we are by nature, deep down inside. And all of that is good news. Because my old self was really messed up. My mind only thought of myself. My eyes only searched for gratification. My hands only did selfish things with selfish motivation. My feet went wherever I wanted. My lips only said unkind and self-centered things. And my body was devoted to one master, me. I was the unchallenged ruler of my own life. The undisputed king of my universe. Only it's not my universe. That's right. He who made the heavens and the earth lays claim to all that is within it, including my life. And I was actually just another in a long line of rebels who refused to do what was good and right. So today, we are going to learn about the next step in living a resurrection life. We're going to be drawing the line between my old life and my new life. And how do I keep walking in the new life and rejecting and turning my back on the old life? This is called the mortification of the flesh, or the self-life gets the axe. <laughs> got just a small section we're going to look at today. It says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Put to death your members which are on the earth. Paul is going to list 11 sins that we are going to kill. 
And then he's going to list 10 ways that we can let Jesus live through us. But we're not going to get to any of those specifics today. First, we have to learn how to do it, how to kill the self-life, how to kill our self-life. To kill something means you take away all of its strength and power to do what it wants, to do what it would do if it was alive. And now we have a new identity through the gospel of grace, so we have this responsibility to live that out, live out our new identity. What Jesus has made you inside, he wants you to let it out. But our old identity is standing in the way, ready to fight, because our old man does not want to die. He always wants to do what he wants to do. Our old man is very, very stubborn. So, Paul says we are supposed to kill it. Not work out a deal with it, not just suppress it, but kill it. I want you to check out these two other times where Paul said basically the same thing. Let's look at it. Romans 8.13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Romans 8.13. Our success or failure in following Jesus is all going to depend on whether we kill our flesh nature. This is a life or death issue. Galatians 5.24 And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Our new identity with Jesus means that we must destroy the flesh. Because flesh is his enemy, so that means it's our enemy. Since we identify with Christ, then all that he is and all that he is about, that's what we're about. So now, if the flesh is his enemy, then the flesh is our enemy as well. He died because of the sins of the flesh. So, in our life, it's either Jesus living or the flesh living. They both can't exist at the same time. And Jesus ain't playing. And Jesus is not going to lose. Our text says we are to put to death our members on this earth. What members is he talking about? Our mind, our hands, our lips, our eyes, our feet, our body, all the ways that we interact and engage with this world. We're supposed to kill all of these? Well, not physically. Just like when Jesus said we were to pluck out our eye or chop off our hand if it caused us to sin, he was not speaking literally. He was speaking figuratively. We're supposed to stop using the body that God has given us to sin. How do we do this? How do we put to death our flesh? Do we use a gun? Do we use an axe? Do we use a noose? How do we do this? H.C.G. Mule, Mole, 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 H.C.G. Mole describes it this way. 
because of the possession of a hidden life and in its power, they were to put sin to death. Here is no more of an assertion of duty. That means something you have to do, but an implied assurance of power, the power of life, a life that is welcomed and developed. Guys, it's a new life that kills the old, unproductive life. It's not a job we do, but it's a description of the resurrection life rising up and swallowing up the old life of self and selfishness and sin. So let's check out this example from nature that explains basically how this works. What gives a tree life is its sap. And that same sap, as it rises through the trunk of the tree and out through its branches, it causes dead leaves to fall off. They don't work with the new sap, the new life that is in the tree. Guys, check it out. The resurrection life of Jesus in you is so powerful and so holy and so righteous that all of the leftover residue sin and selfishness from our old life, it has no choice except to die and be destroyed in the presence of the life of Jesus in you. You, as a vessel of his resurrection life, have no choice but to reckon the old life dead. And by your daily walk to prove and to show that it really is dead by the things that you do. Why do we have to kill our flesh? When someone restores an old car, it's not enough to just paint over the rust. Even if the paint is of the highest quality, the rust will soon reappear, and if not quickly treated, it will destroy the rest of the car. The rust must be removed and the rusted parts replaced before the car is painted and restored. The legalistic person thinks that he needs to kill his flesh in order to please God. But the real Christian kills his flesh because he's already been adopted, forgiven, and loved by the grace of God. How amazing is the wonderful grace of God? Sometimes I hear this challenge. Well, you know what? I don't really like all this negative talk, uh, this death to self. It's such a downer. I actually really like myself. I don't know about you, but I really like myself. I'm a nice guy. I am a good person. Can't we just keep it positive? Can't we just all get along? I mean, why do you have to be such a stickler? Why do you have to be so harsh, man? Aren't I really a good person? Don't you think I'm a good person? No. Any more questions? Well, can't I just try my best to be a good person? And that'll be enough, right? No amount of positive talk about health would cure someone with appendicitis. No amount of lecturing about beauty is going to produce a beautiful garden. Are you ready for a Spurgeon quote? Since you are dead, let all the lusts of the flesh be put to death. Kill those. 
They were once a part of you. Your nature lusted this way. Mortify them. Do not merely restrain them or try to keep them under. These things you are to have nothing to do with. Guys, sin is not your identity anymore. The greatest gift of grace was that Jesus changed our nature in our hearts. We don't have the pressure or the responsibility to make that change ourselves or to do that ourselves. We were sinful people. Now we are forgiven, adopted, and loved by the grace of God. We used to identify with sin and self, but now our identity flows from being loved and adopted. It flows from God's goodness and his love that he has for us. Guys, our responsibility is to connect with him, to walk with him and receive his life through humility and faith. Our responsibility is to lean into his life daily, to rely upon it. Anything that doesn't flow from our relationship with him is something that we got to reject and turn away from. That's how this works. That's how to kill the flesh life. Our flesh is still alive. And it's going to constantly try to rule every day. My old life can't let it go. It has to be in charge. Just like my great, 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 great grandpappy Adam in the Garden of Eden. He had the same problem. That old me is a no good rascal. There's no reforming our flesh. There's no coddling our flesh. God has one prescription for dealing with the flesh. More cowbell. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Thank you. And by cowbell, I mean death. Guys, the resurrection life of Jesus means life for you, but death for your flesh. We're going to walk daily in his life and daily deny our flesh. So guys, let's dive into a discussion about this vital issue to our spiritual lives. The mortification of self-life. <laughs>